This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Welcome to the wonderful world of Remnant Radio. In today's program, we're going to be talking about healings that took place in the 1950s. We've got a bunch of videos, A.A. A. Allen, Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman. We have some stuff from Jack Coe. We'll see if we, we do Jack Coe, but the other three we will for right. sure do. Uh, it's going to be an exciting program. You guys stay tuned. You are watching The Remnant Radio, a crowd-funded show where we interview pastors, teachers, historians, and theologians from different churches and denominations. My name is Joshua Lewis, and this is my co-host, Michael Roundtree. Together, we want to help you break outside of your theological echo chambers. If you're interested in learning about history, theology, or the gifts of the Spirit, this is the show for you. Come one, come all. You might be saying, hey, Josh, your studio looks a little bit different. I just changed the angle. I'm shooting into a corner. Uh, Anyway, we've got an exciting program for you today. We've got a lot of really cool stuff talking about. Uh, Before we dive into it, I want to remind you that Remit Radio is entirely crowdfunded. If you want to support the channel, there are links in the description. You have a one-time gift on PayPal or a reoccurring gift on Patreon. But before I talk about PayPal and Patreon, and I have Miller looking at his phone, it happens every time. Every time I put him on screen, it's like, I don't give him any audio cues. It's okay. It's okay. I want to let you guys know about the Word in Spirit School of Ministry. Registration ends February 26th. It's super, super important that you register if you want to come. Uh, Well, for one, because we only have so many slots, we have eight group leaders, four instructors, and because we're trying to keep these groups small, we only have so many positions open. I'd encourage you to register today. Uh, Links can be found in the description of the video. Uh, If you don't know uh, about the course, it's a pretty fantastic thing. We've got 117 videos. Uh, We we teach through a bunch of different stuff like friendship with God, uh, what is the kingdom, who is the Holy Spirit. We talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecy, healing. So we teach you about what these things actually are, how they function in the Bible, and how they're to function in our lives. We give you the theological groundwork for that, but then we also do live Q&A so you can Get to, with your instructors, with myself and Michael Miller and Mike, uh, Michael Roundtree and Elijah Stevens. And you can ask us questions and do live Q&A and stuff like that. But then additionally, we break you out in a small group and we just ask God to do stuff. So like, Lord, I've never spoken tongues. Like, would you empower me to speak in tongues? So we're not we're not giving people supernatural gifts. We're, we're asking God to give us gifts. And if he does, we're walking through the biblical framework of how to practice those things. So if that's something that you're interested in, I'd really encourage you to click the link. Uh, people who've gone from a, like a hyper charismatic background that were like burned on the gifts and they just didn't know how to practice them, but they didn't want to be cessationist, have taken this course and be super edified. I've seen people who are like functional cessationists who go, man, I think theologically, I believe in the gifts, but how do they work? Uh, all in between pastors, lay people, this course has edified quite a few people. Lots of really cool testimonies can be found online everywhere so without further ado millie how you doing there in the basement good man doing good uh hey monday night after we did this episode or the episode on the young earth and old hearth as you said um mm-hmm. i got to do a meeting here in denver on deliverance and would not believe the number of things we got to see and these were i mean i, I don't i don't know what to share and what not to share but i would just say 
man, God is still doing these things. And I'm super excited about it. And I'm kind of excited to dive into today's episode. I know it's going to be controversial, which, hey, that's what we do is we pick up all the controversial, charismatic pieces and add our own commentary and thoughts and reflections on it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Miller, do you want to kind of give us uh, maybe some of your thoughts about these individuals, what we're going to watch? What do we want people thinking about when we're watching these videos? Uh, I know that oftentimes when you see someone doing a review, you instantly assume that it's going to be hypercritical and we're going to criticize everything these people do and teach and say. And then on the other side, you've got people who are like, you're going to talk about Catherine Kuhlman. You know, if you're going to talk about her in anything but a completely negative burn her ministry to the ground sort of way, you must be completely endorsing everything that she says, teach and does. Uh, do you want to kind of give us uh, an expectation of what this episode is going to look like and, and how people should process the videos that we're, we're about to watch? Sure. Well, I think I think maybe you can chime in on this because I'm going to give you some expectations as far as my comments on these people. Uh, I when I first started to believe that God was healing and doing miracles, I didn't know where else to go. And so I would get on YouTube and I would start watching these videos. And um, for me, I I've always had sort of as a go to posture uh, when it comes to miracles and healings. I'd rather believe and be wrong than uh, not believe and miss out. Um and not to say that it has to be like that, it has to be that stark of a, a juxtaposition. Um, but I just, I, I never wanted to miss out on what God was doing at the same time. Like I don't want to be swept away into something foolish or wrong. So uh, hear us when we say this, like when we play these videos, it's not that we're endorsing their teachings. We're not necessarily endorsing their theology. We're not necessarily endorsing all of their practices. And, and we're not really making a great big statement on their own personal faith in Christ. I think what uh, what I hope to talk about is how can even in the midst of seeing things we may or may not disagree with, how can we still glean and gain um, a perspective of God uh, in the midst of that? And so for me, what these videos did back in the day was they 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 caused me to believe like, wow, okay, like you could pray for stomach cancer and God could do that. Uh, I. I remember, well, I'll give you some stories as we go through this uh, that are more anecdotal, but um, I think I think my my hope is that watching these things for me, what it did was show me that that there was more possible than I realized. And it it kind of, I would say, uh, fanned the hunger in me to see more of God in this way. Now, uh, again, I'm not saying that we endorse everything that they did. Um, and, and I think that there's a... Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get shots on both sides of the bow for this one, I think, because we're not gonna meet for we're sure. not gonna meet these expectations on the two sides of this. So, yeah, you, at, at radio, that, we Josh. like to get hit by both sides of traffic. We we like to yeah. make sure that the cessationists <laughs> are frustrated that we weren't critical enough, and then the charismatics are frustrated that we were critical at all. So, uh, we are practicing charismatics. If you didn't catch that from the pitch of the ministry school that we're offering or uh, Miller's deliverance stories. Uh, we're definitely charismatic. We believe in this stuff. Um, man, I hope people who watch this, we can, one, realize that we can honor God in the midst of these supernatural healings um, while not blindly having faith that every every miracle that's done by these ministers um, uh, is some kind of an endorsement of them. Uh, this is, again, uh, an extreme example, but just remember that Jesus, when he sent out the, the disciples in Matthew 21, I think it's Matthew 21. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm getting my verse way off. No, it's Mark 6, 7 through 13. Yeah, so in Mark 6, 7 through 13, Jesus calls the 12 disciples and he says, hey, I'm gonna give you authority to cast out demons, heal the sick. One of those 12 was Judas, right? So like just because people are performing miracles in the name of God and, and maybe even the power of God doesn't mean it's an endorsement of that individual. 
in, in Matthew chapter six, uh, Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-one through twenty-three, people are performing miracles in the name of Jesus. Right? They're casting out demons, performing many mighty miracles. And Jesus's response is like, "Hey, get away from me! I never knew you." So, in both of these accounts, there are people who are operating in supernatural power that God has given them. So, in the midst of God performing mighty works, we want to like honor God for doing great things while, while not just instantly assuming that this is an endorsement of every person that's performing these things. So um, I, I come into this saying, one, let's have some expectation. Let's look at God and go, wow, God is good uh, and not be distracted sometimes by all the packaging that comes with it. While simultaneously, if you're watching this program, I want us to like learn from this. Like, hey, what? A, why did he do this? And oh, that was really actually helpful. We should actually maybe do this when we pray for the sick. And and why did you do that? Like, that seemed kind of weird. I don't think we should do that. And you just use this as a lesson to, like, pick out the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that's kind of my hope and expectation for all of this. Uh, as Miller said, we interview everyone on this program. We review things from every side on this program. Uh, and and we are not endorsing people that we have on the program or endorsing content just because it's here. But we're using it as kind of a, a launching pad to learn from. Uh, without further ado, Miller, do you want to jump into some of this stuff? Uh you mean as far as like show the first video? Uh, let me let me yeah. comment one more thing, just because uh, I noticed when I said uh, how my posture early on was always I'd rather believe and be wrong than not believe and miss out. I immediately got in the chat section and some of the guys are like, hey, that's a false juxtaposition. That's that's a false dichotomy. And I'm like, yes, it is. I, I'm not saying that that's the way we should think about these things. I'm saying early on, that's the way I used to think. And I still think it's good to default on the side of God is up to something that God is doing a miracle or miraculous work, but that doesn't mean that we endorse the person or we emulate their practices and all things. So uh, hear me on this. I, I recognize that is a false juxtaposition. I'm, I'm on the same page. All right, now I'm ready. Shvit. Okay, a a Alan first, okay? Let's do it. the stomach. I just want to say it's funny, like when he asked her, hey, is he going to starve to death? She goes, yeah, yes, that's that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's so snarky. He's not, not, he's not snarky. No, I don't, I don't think. It was just funny. It sounded snarky. Oh, oh, yeah. The word of life, the word of God that people might live spiritually, God has provided bread that he can live physically. I'm going to pray tonight. And Jesus is going to heal you. You believe it? I sure do. You believe Jesus is going to heal yes, you tonight? I do do. Yes, I know. He will. You brought this man a long way, didn't you? From San Jose. San Jose. California. Near San Francisco. How many miles is that? Oh, that's about uh, two or three hundred miles. It's a long way yes, to go to church. <laughs> you believe he's going to get up with Yes, there? he even brought his suit because he said, I'll bring my suit because when I come back, I'm going to wear my suit back home. Hallelujah. I always love that response from that mom. He brought his suit. He still got his robe on, though. Well, get his suit ready. I'm going to see what it looks like in it. That's all right. That's all right. We're going to pray. How many would like to see the power of God fall on this man? Let him pray and hit him right now. Do you believe it? For six weeks, he hasn't been able to eat anything. This is cancer of his stomach. 
When the food gets that far, it comes right back up. Do what I tell you. Do it again. Turn around and tell your friend by feet. They can go around and praise for that man. He's going to get up. They're going to put his suit on him. He's going to walk home. He's going to be able to swallow that food. Tell somebody right now. You in your home, do you believe it? Do you believe God would be? Hear me. God will heal you too. Jesus will set you free. God will heal you right where you are if you believe God. <laughs> yes, you will. Amen. This is your moment. Yes. You said that. Is it your minute? Yes, yeah, this is it. It is dead. Oh God. Let the spirit and the power of God come on this man. With these four legs. My God, my God. In the name of Jesus, I curse this foul cancer. I curse this cancer. In the name of Jesus, I command this cancer die. I command this cancer die. Pass from the stomach. You devil, let this man eat. You cannot starve him to death. I claim life for this man. I curse this cancer in the name of Jesus. Lord, let these legs walk again. Let this body be supported again. Let this stomach receive food. Give this man strength tonight. Let the power of God go through him. Raise him in the step this minute, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen, Papa. In the name of Jesus. I command you, get up. Here's the dinner. I command it to go down. I command it to go down. I command it to go down. It's just going clear down. He's doing it. The straw was too slow. The straw was too slow. Scream on everybody. Come up here. Do you believe God's done something for him? How many believe the Lord's done something for him? And it's going down. How's that Mm. Mm -hmm. Huh? That almost makes me hungry right in church. Give me sweet. How many people have done something for him? Can you please eat in just a minute? Yes. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait just a minute. How do you feel? Well, well I feel good. I never felt so good in six months already. Never felt so good in six months? That's right. You believe you're going to live? I sure will. I'm going back to San Jose and tell all my friends about it. Okay. Miller, you want to go first? 
Uh, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm super positive on this one. Uh, and it's not that I agree with his whole presentation. Um, so here's the tough thing about this is if you have a skeptic disposition, you're going to see what you want to see. And if you have a believing disposition, you're going to see what you want to see. It's really hard to know from afar by watching a video. And so, so that, I mean, that's where I would start is, is it possible that this is a real miracle that's happening? And is it possible that if it is a real miracle that's happening, then how do you then interpret all the behaviors that are going on throughout it? And so maybe we should just start there with that question, Josh. Uh, because I think, I think like, I'm just, I'm seeing Darren's uh, uh, comments in the comment section already. And he's like, there's gimmicks, there's showmanship. You know, if you're, if you're adding gimmicks to it, then it should already cause you to be skeptical. And it's like, maybe, or maybe that's part of his personality. And maybe the gimmicks is because he's trying to prove to the audience that God really is doing something. And so having the guy eat the food and having the guy drink the milk, it's like, look, God, God's actually doing something. This man has a, a record here. And again, we're watching something 70 years removed, uh, without, you know, any, uh, evidential, like any, any evidence, like, you know, doctor after the fact, or get to talk to these two people and hear their testimony before and after. So it's, it's, uh, how you interpret a lot of this kind of stuff is going to be, uh, from, the, from the outside is where you default on whether you believe this is actually a miracle taking place or not. So go ahead, Josh. I'm sure you've got well, a lot and I to think add there's something to be learned from it either way. So like if I'm, if I'm on the other side of this, um, I, I think that if you believe this is a real healing, I think that you should be able to listen to the voice of the skeptic. Like, like you said, Darren in the, in the comment section, not that Darren is a skeptic. Okay. But like, uh, D Darren might be saying like, Hey man, uh, this is theatrical. People have proven this stuff to be fake before. Like, why would we, why would we double down on this? Why would we seek this kind of thing? If we know that this can be planted, if this can be manipulated. And, and I think that if we know that things can be manipulated, for example, um, the, this gentleman kept asking questions of the audience, right? Like, uh, do you believe, you know, uh, he's making these statements of, about like you at home or you at TV at home, or are you believing for this healing? Can you, I don't, so part of this could be uh, psychosomatic, like placebo effect of like trying to work up the audience by asking questions or telling stories and having them kind of psych themselves out into not seeing symptoms or feeling symptoms. Uh, we've seen this a lot. Like, hey, if you come down here, God's going to touch you. And if you come down, you know, the power of God's going to hit you and you're going to fall out. And, if it, and what happens is if you say these things over and over and over and over again, when people come forward, they actually see the things that people say they're going to see. And we could say that A.A. Allen in this clip might be working up his audience into an emotional lather. I, I think that's a fair accusation. But the question is, is he I think it's a fair suspicion? Well, yeah, and I, think, I don't I think, think you can make any definitive correct. accusations. And I'm not I'm not trying to make definitive accusations. Correct. But but I would also say that we don't realize that he is at um, a pivotal, a pivotal moment within media where he is trying to engage visually with the television and also with the radio. Um, and people are at home are listening on the radio to these broadcasts. And when he asks a person if they're healed or if he prays for them, it's just silence. So to to get the crowd to to respond is is what he's trying to do to pull in his radio audience. Um, I'll tell you, there was a specific part of the video that bothered me. I don't know if you saw it, Miller, but a couple of times he kept moving the man's face towards the audience and towards the camera. It kind of grieved my heart, man. I was just like, this guy's if he's got really got stomach cancer, like 
it kind of feels like you're milking this moment for video. And, and again, like, I'm not saying the guy didn't get healed. I'm not saying God didn't use A.A. Allen to heal the guy. I'm saying I, it made me uncomfortable. Uh, okay. I don't know if you're seeing but, what I'm but seeing. But in that, no, that's great. Like, this this is the perfect point. Uh, you and I are on two sides of this already, which is really good because it allow our audience to kind of hear both sides of the spectrum and go, okay, there's some more to think about here. So, Josh, you watched that and you thought, man, he's probably milking it, right? You're, you're assuming to know what his motivation is in that moment. And, and you know that. You're like, I can't really know, but oh, it made me feel awkward and cringy kind of. Where, whereas I look at it and I go, man, um, if if he can get people to just take a chance that maybe God really is doing something and speak to them, then maybe they'll cry out to God and be healed themselves and that they'll come to believe and have faith in Christ in the same way. And so I, I don't necessarily look at it as him milking the moment as much as it is maybe motivated by a sincere desire to want people to believe in Jesus. Um, what, what do you think about that? Well, I, I would, I, I, I want you to push back on, on, on my statement here. I don't know that it's motive. Is he guilty of that or is it, is Jesus actually healing and therefore people are getting worked out? But he's got to say, I mean, think about these guys who lowered G the paralyzed man into the roof. They tore up a man's roof. Were they worked up into an emotional frenzy? If so, why? Yeah, and and I'm I'm not saying that emotions are bad, right? There's nothing wrong with people being emotional. Uh, I think it's it. We have to be extra careful when we're ministering. You know, Michael, I I've told you guys this before. We we happen sure. to know that there was a guy who's cheated, and we're we're kind of working through a process of figuring this out with prophecy. We've heard these accusations circling around for a long time that people are looking at their phones and iPads and and you know facebook stalking people and getting prophetic words yeah. and sharing these prophetic words and i've i said like michael michael when you guys give prophetic words i know you use your note app and you type stuff down but you got to stop doing that because with these, oh, these accusations yeah. rising we've got to be above reproach and we got to write things down on a notepad or something so people don't think that we're like stalking them online and and i have a friend named adrian who was at a service where they sat him in a chair and they put up his legs and they prayed for him and, you know, the whole leg growing, pulling my leg thing that we joke about here on the program. Yeah. Adrian told me, man, since that prayer happened in 2008, he has been completely healed and has had no back pain ever since. So I look at that model of holding people's legs and I go, that's not good. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't do that just because we've seen people manipulate the situation and work a room. That being said, it's not to say that God can't heal someone. So I'm, I'm having two different conversations at one time. One is God can absolutely use all kinds of methods to heal people. And two, as the minister or the person who's praying, we want to try to be above reproach so there's no accusation of manipulation. So I'm not saying he's manipulating an audience. I'm saying I would prefer, hey, look at what God did and try to low hype the situation rather than work people up and then potentially have a psychosomatic reaction. Does that does that make sense, Miller? Like I'm just trying to, yeah, trying no, to pat on both I, sides. Well, like the the one thing that I, I definitely was like, oh, don't do this. Um, it's it's the do you believe it? Do you believe it? And that to me is is reminiscent and, and remnants of a faith means psychological certainty perspective, right? Word of faith. Um, so I, I'm on I'm on the side of going Okay, I don't. I don't think that that's what faith looks like. I don't think people declaring "I believe it" is going to make it any more uh, looks any more like faith than just simply asking God to heal. Um, so I'm with you on that side of it. I do think there's a sense in which he's trying to address an audience in, in hopes that they might believe and therefore ask God to heal. And 
Yeah, somebody in the comment section, I just want to respond to this, Josh. Uh, it's Joseph Friedman. Um, he, he said that you're being more objective in this situation, uh, and he, but he wishes you would ask tougher questions like, where's the proof that this man was healed? And so I pushed back on it and said, well, where's the proof he wasn't healed? And he says, the, the burden lies on me for claiming there was a healing. Why? Why does the burden have to lie on the claim for healing when the scriptures clearly teach that Jesus heals? And that we should expect these kind of things when we pray for the sick. Why should the default position be skeptical until proven otherwise? What do you think, Josh? Well, I, I don't know. I, I think I think if I'm I, I'm probably have a disposition closer to Joseph's than I do the average charismatic in this situation. Um, you know, I what I want to do is like if someone if we pray for someone that's sick. And they come up and they're saying, hey, man, I have no symptoms. And, you know, I'm like, hey, praise God. And, and we might even share that testimony. You know, I had pain. Now I don't have pain. Uh, but then I'm also, if I'm a pastor of that person, I want to follow a lot along with them and get medical verification so that it's not just a testimony, but like we're actually rooting it in objective reality. I don't think that the, the request for like, I want to I want to test this. I want to it's like Thomas, you know, like Thomas. Heck, your freaking ministry is called. Thomas Ministries. Thomas like, Ministries. You know, like right. the, the opportunity to like say, like, I want to put my hands in the hole, right, of the person's hand. Like, I don't think that's an unreasonable claim. And I don't think it's a faithless claim either. I think it's a claim that, hey, God can heal. I believe God does heal. But but I also want proof. And I don't think there's anything wrong or anti-faith with that approach. I would just say, let make sure your heart's not callous, you know, to the point where it's like you can't believe anything is God or anyone is healed ever. Um, I think there's just a line there that we have to walk and be careful of. Um, am, am I am I skirting the answer altogether, Miller? No, no. I, um, I think what you're doing is you're just giving a, you're trying to say there's a, it's okay to be skeptical in a general sense, which I actually agree with that uh, position. I also agree that there's a blessing in believing um, because that's what Jesus even tells Thomas. And you believe because you saw, but, but you know, more blessed are those who believe and didn't see, right? Like, there is a sense in which um, there's a blessing or a blessed perspective. I mean, I don't really know exactly what that blessing means. Um, but I, I would actually say that it's, I would rather my default position be believing that it is God doing a miracle based on just what I see plainly. Um, and, and same thing I would say, just not just with healing, but in most things in relationships, I would rather be a trusting person than approach everybody with a, you have to prove it to me before I'll trust you perspective. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think those things have to be binary though. Um, so, so I, I just, I think that you can have a both and like, um, I think people like Joseph, uh, I, I'm, I'm reading into Joseph's background here. I have no clue anything about the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but I assume, you know, we've, I'm assuming he's in a position like I have where, you know, we've been in situations where we've believed God did these things. Um, and then, suddenly we find out a little bit more accurately. It's, it's one of the reasons that, you know, we, we uploaded a testimony to Patreon one time of Rose who had transgeminal neuralgia, um, which is like a mm -hmm. nerves, like three nerves, I think it was. Yeah, that was face, amazing. Like firing yeah. hot and cold sensors at the time, same time. And when she got healed, um, and I get choked up telling the story every time, but we saw her husband kiss her on the cheek for the first time in like seven years. Um, and like that was in the moment was like, whoa, like I believe God did something.
But at the same time, like I got her phone number. I filmed a video with her the day after to make sure it wasn't like a psychosomatic thing. And I followed up with her, I would say months after, you know, we had the original testimony video where I texted her like, hey man, you still healed? Like what's going on? And so I, I think that you can have a both and approach to this where you're in the moment and you're believing the testimony of the individual who's claiming medical verification or claiming personal healing. Like I would imagine the woman with the issue of blood who's like, I'm healed. Like, you know, I don't think the disciples were following around and be like, prove it. You know, like I just, I don't think that was going on. I think that there was like a sense of like, oh, I, I believe your testimony. Um, I think what's difficult about these things is these things are like big public figures. They're online or they're, they're on the television or radio and it's drawing attention to them and their ministry. And there is kind of like this, this uh, instinct to be skeptical of people who benefit from these kinds of testimonies. And I just, I don't know that it's wrong to want to verify those kinds of things because it benefits that person to lie. Like, uh, not eternally, certainly. There's a special place in hell for people who fake cancer healings, you know. Um, but, but but simultaneously, uh, if if you're out there, you you have to realize Josh, that people walking around. What you just said could be true of Jesus too. Uh, say again. What you said could be true of Jesus too. Uh, of what? Oh, he could stand to benefit from lying. Correct. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, that, so, that's true. So, I, I, again, that is a default position. I don't think is is something I would encourage people to have. I, I would rather encourage people to have a default position of, I believe I'm struggling with doubt on this, but but I believe in a general sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think I disagree. I can't, I can't blame somebody. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think you can blame somebody for being skeptical about something, especially yeah. because of how much how much charlatry there actually is and how much lying there actually is. So I don't I don't default people for that. Um, but but I don't think I don't think we should look at our default skepticism and go, oh, that's a really good thing. Um, I think we should look at it and go, yeah, I am skeptical, and, and see that as a an act of humility and mis- admission. Uh, that's that you want to change not as that's good let's hold on to that be critically thinking but don't be skeptical uh, or being skeptical doesn't mean um, uh, I think I, I think know, we might be stumbling over semantics because I want to say that again that initial claim of someone that says I'm healed I want to trust that and believe that but simultaneously I want to do my due diligence and I want to acknowledge that that you and I are not the son of God and and we know people who have been tempted by cheating when it comes to things like this. And we've seen that. And I think that we have a responsibility to follow up with these kinds of stories and, and say, look, look what God actually did objectively. It's like it brings more glory and honor to God and it and it vets the name of the person. Like I don't I don't see a downside to like further vetting a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with further vetting a story either. I think the the problem is in this situation we can't do that. Yeah. No, I agree. Cool. Let you want to watch the next Oral Roberts video, yeah. or do you want to talk about cursing sickness? Oh, actually, uh, let, you know, commanding let me, the man to get up. Like, what do you want to do with those things? Huh? Yeah. There's a couple of things in there. Like, um, and again, it's it's you have to try to approach it from both perspectives. So, Josh, you could feel feel free to take the side of the skeptic on this. But but if I was, sure. if, if what A. A. Allen is doing is a real miracle, obviously God's doing it, not A. A. Allen. Um, but God may be using A. Allen for that reason. If it is a real miracle, then all of his actions, where do you put those actions? Um, so like him grabbing the milk and grabbing the food, why does he want to do that? 
because probably either he wants to see it for himself to see that it's the guy's been healed uh, and or he wants the audience to see that so that they would then go receive prayer. Because here's something that happens in churches. And you and I've done this uh, several times where we've gone to a church. We've we've prayed for somebody uh, or we're saying, hey, I feel like God wants to heal these issues. And then nobody comes up for prayer. Um, well, oftentimes it's because people don't believe anything will really happen. You know, and and that's a that's a problem. You do not have because you do not ask. However, uh, when I bring a testimony forward of somebody who has been healed, do you know what often happens when I then give words of knowledge? People show up to get healed. They come. They say they receive prayer because they believe, man, if that's if that's really true, if that's really God, then I want that as well. And so when I look at the video and I see the things he's doing, I'm seeing it unto something else. That's why I I see. Um, now, I, I don't know if some of it is showmanship or just his personality. It's really hard to know. Um, but I, I do know when I've been in similar situations, I will for sure bring a person to the forefront and say, look what God has done. Wouldn't you like God to do this for you? Come get prayer. Um, and, and so that's sort of what I'm seeing here. Now, now regarding cursing the cancer, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never, I, I don't know. I don't see, see Jesus cursing a fig tree. I haven't seen him cursing bodily issues, but I mean, Sometimes God responds to the intention of somebody's heart rather than the actual words they say. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't yeah, necessarily I do that. I don't know that I, I have a huge issue with it. Um, yeah, I think I think God's given, like, I mean, the Bible has people cursing people blind. I mean, if you're using a curse to kill something, again, Jesus did that. I mean, cancer is a thing that needs to die in us. I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, the Bible treats sickness as an enemy to be defeated and conquered. Um, you know, whether it is in the life and teachings of Jesus or in the age to come. Um, and again, I'm not trying to conflate sickness and sin, guys. Those are two very different things. Uh, but in the age to come, there is no sickness. There's no there's no pain. There's no death. Uh, and, and that's something that God conquers in that age to come. So uh, I don't have a huge problem with cursing sickness. I don't know that it's extra biblical or I don't know that it's anti-biblical, for, at least. Um, and when he commands that man to get up, I've always understood you know, like commanding those kinds of situations, like rise and walk in Jesus' name, or uh, just declaring someone healed in that moment. Um, the pastoral perspective in my heart is always like, be careful if you're watching these things and you're just doing that, um, because people can walk away really hurt and injured by that because they're not healed. Um, but then simultaneously, like if you have a gift of faith in that moment and you have like a supernatural just uh, certainty, I guess, that God is doing this in this moment, um, I could see a rise and walk in Jesus name being given as a gift of faith that accompanies a, a miraculous work. Um, so, so I don't have a problem with the rise and walk. I don't have a problem really with cursing sickness. Um, that, that seems to be at least not anti-biblical. Uh, anyway, that's for 34 minutes on, on one guy. You want to bump over to I know. Roberts? I like our I, I Roberts just, video I, a lot more. I really do. Yeah. Well, I, so here's the thing. If AA Allen is a legitimate, uh, Jesus lover and miracle worker, uh, then I look at a lot of what he does and I can see there being admirable things to it. I know that many sure. skeptics would interpret that as theatrics or, um, you know, putting on a show uh, in which, I mean, Josh, you've seen me when it comes to these kind of things. Uh, I'm always parading the person that got healed at the chance that maybe others would receive prayer as well. And so, I don't know. Do, do, what do you think about what I was saying? That maybe it's not as much theatrics as people think. 
I think everyone can have mixed motives, and I think it's impossible for us to know anyone's motives. And I think we should be careful about assuming people's motives. I think, though, at the same time, we can go, eh, we should be careful about how we handle situations. I, I, yeah, I and we can also say we do it differently. Abandon wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. let's do the next or one. Roberts? Yeah, we believe God can like hear and answer prayer. I want to make it clear that I cannot heal. I do not claim any healing power. Only God, God. has power to heal. I am a servant, an instrument God is using, a point of contact to help people release their faith. Our faith is in God. So we're ready to go, Brother Dewey's. How do you do? I'm Brother Robbins. I've been waiting two years for this opportunity. You're so short of breath. What's the matter? I just get I'm excited. <laughs> well, isn't it big? Oh, you have the tuberculosis in both lungs. Yes, sir. Oh, God. This is Anna. That's right. There's a lot of Member of the Church of Christ, and Anna, you've come for your healing. Yes, I have. Have you a family? I have. Children? Two sons, yes. Are they depending on this tonight? They are. Put your hands on your chest. Audience, have compassion for a mother tonight. Oh, God, open these lungs. Christ, I know thou art standing by my side, and I touch her as you would have me touch her. I touch her because you tell me to touch her in the name of Christ. What? I'm all right. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you say that? I didn't know I am. Oh, wait, hold on for there. Well, I didn't know she was my contact. I know it. Contact for what? For my healing. To God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus Christ, and thank you for your prayers. Are you breathing? Yes, I am. But I have to, I'm under treatment, you see, and I have this air that I take. I yes. don't know the medical yes. name for it. But you will go back to that doctor for an examination. I will do for actually Friday week. Uh, oh, like good. That. You'll hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> Young man. Why are you here? Uh, I, I stutter and, uh, and uh, I have got a uh, hole in my uh, eardrum. Eddie Foster, 13, Shelbyville, Tennessee. Uh, he's been saved during the meeting, I suppose. Yes, sir. And you're not a member of a church? No, sir. Well, were you born like this? No, sir. How long have you stammered? Uh, since I was small. Eddie, what makes you think Christ will heal you? Because I just remember. Jesus. Jesus. In my Savior's name, let him talk for the rest of his life. Without stammering or stuttering. Heal his flesh and heal so that the fear leaves him. And may you never stammer again in Christ's name. Eddie? Did you feel the Lord? Yes, sir. Where did you feel him? All over. Eddie, are you going to talk? Yes, sir. What makes you think you'll talk? Because I just know I will. How do you know? Because I'm just positive. <laughs> what makes you feel so positive? Because I, I can just say it. Where did Porky you feel? doesn't realize that well, he's trying to make him talk. Well, I was in here. Yeah, I know. Over. Eddie? That doesn't make me cry. Yeah. You want to count to ten right quick by the help of God? Yes, sir. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eddie? Yeah, that, that accent, too. <laughs> That's precious. Eddie, what grade are you in? I am in the seventh grade. Oh. How do you feel right now? Well, I just feel wonderful. Do you give God thanks? <laughs> yes, sir. Shake my hand. I'm with you 100% in Jesus' name. 
My sister, do you need prayer? Yes. Very much? Yes, sir. You have been in an automobile accident November 1st, 1957, seriously injured. You've had both legs broken, your neck has been broken, and your spine. And uh, there's a affliction in your lungs. Your right hand is paralyzed. I can't feel anything with my left hand. My vision is very poor. Uh, Earlene Robbins, 11776 right. North Birmingham, Alabama, the Baptist Church. Right. Earlene. Yes, sir. Do you fully believe Christ is able to do this? I know he is. If I wasn't living for God, I wouldn't know this. But he left me here for a purpose. Because on my deathbed, he told me, or told my mother, it was up to a higher power. And I know my work on earth is not done. Which is more serious, your hands or some other part of your body? My hands and my eyes. Both hands? Yes. One hand is paralyzed, the other has no feeling. Right. And your eyes are very bad. Yes, sir, I can't. Back in the audience, you are a blur to me up here. Now, here's the way I wish to pray. You see, I believe Christ is standing beside me. I can't see him with my physical eyes. I see him through my mind. I feel him in my heart and standing by me. Uh, Ma'am? I feel him too. Yes. He told me in 1947 I was to lay hands upon the people in prayer and pray for them. He told me that. Now, as he stands by me, and I see him not with my eyes, but with my mind. As I see him, I see him saying, Oral, you lay hands upon Earlene Robbins as an instrument so I may heal her body. Now I'm touching you as he tells me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Christ, I touch her because you tell me to touch her, and I believe for her healing. Stretch forth your hands. Open and close them. Glory. <laughs> Let's help her rejoice. Shake my right hand. Yes, you have life. Shake this hand. Oh, you do have life. Now, how does your... Look straight at me. Your eyes are clear. Yes, they're clear as a bell. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> You said I was a blur before, and now I'm clear. Yes. Oh, thank you. How clear are bells? I, I know I'm like, being, like this is not the moment to make jokes about what we say, but... God. You see, audience, I'm not always able to convey how I think and how I feel because words are so inadequate sometimes. But this is the way I do believe. I see Christ through my mind. It's as if he was standing here saying, Oral, you pray. You pray as I command you. And I can see him telling me that. And I believe it. Do you believe it? I do. Tell me exactly how you feel this moment. I don't know. I can't express it. It's just wonderful. You feel that way all over? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And do you believe it's faith in God who did that? I know it. May I shake that hand that was used to be paralyzed? Glory to God. Go with my prayers. Amen. Okay, so there's some interesting stuff in this one, right? Like, okay, instantly less hype. Big fan of that. Yeah. Guy sitting down, chilling, starts off with, I can't heal people. God heals people. Banging on all cylinders thus far. Uh, you want to take it from there? Got any thoughts? So I watched this video back in, gosh, this must have been 2006. Yeah, probably around 2006, 2007. I left that day to go to work at a rock climbing gym that I worked at once a week just so I could get the free membership. And uh, a young boy came up for prayer. Or sorry, he didn't come for prayer. He came up to rock climb. And uh, I noticed that he stuttered when he talked. And so (laughs) 
I was like, I just watched this video. And so I asked the boy, I said, I, I noticed that you uh, stutter when you talk. He's like, yeah. I said, would you mind if I prayed for you to see if maybe God might do something with, with that? He said, oh, okay. And he was like, I don't know, maybe 11 years old. And so I prayed for him. And the boy was instantly healed. And I know because every week he'd come back in with his parents and his parents were astonished that the boy was healed. And he was already a churchgoer, already a believer. Uh, but I just remember, I never thought at that time, I never, I would have never even thought to pray for him. Uh, only reason I did it was because I watched that video. So that's not really commenting on the video. I'm just trying to give you a little uh, autobiographical information for, <laughs> regarding like, here's what these kind of videos do to me is it causes, so I, I usually just default to believe on stuff like that, like that the, the, the stuff is happening. But I also, I see so much of these kind of things, uh, a lot. And so, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, I just read BJ's comment about <laughs> falling down and break something and he prays for you. <laughs> Thanks, BJ. Uh, I think this is what these kind of videos can do when that's your perspective is you may pray for things. <laughs> you got to put it up there. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> well, dude, nobody nobody in the comments that are watching the video afterward are like going to dig through the live comment to see what was actually <laughs> yeah, I said. Know. So if you bring it up, I'm putting it on air so people well, know what you're laughing at. I need, to, I need to hide the comments when I'm talking because it's totally distracting. Uh, you go ahead and comment. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on this. I can't read and talk at the same time. I can't do that. <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought. I obviously can't. No, no, it's okay. Well, like, let's talk about a little bit of what, like I said, like the introduction was good. Um, I was helpful for that. I, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on him saying things like, I I don't know that Jesus is here or I can't see Jesus with my eyes, but I imagine him in my mind. He might not have used the word imagine, but he definitely said in my mind. Um, he says, I feel so, him in my mind. And he pointed to his chest. Right. I don't know if you saw that. So, he, he said, I, I feel him in my mind or I see him in my mind. And he pointed to his chest. It's yeah, another way and, of saying, he also, I, I feel him. He also pointed next to him, right? And and there was a video recently uh, that was released by by Mike Winger on imagination. And I don't think this this crosses over into that space. I actually messaged Mike to mm -hmm. see if we could get clarity on that because I was like, hey, when God speaks to me and speaks to me in images, like I get flashes like in my mind. I think people would call that an imagination. And I think we just came down to semantical terms. And he was like, yeah, man, I, I think God can speak to you in images in, in your head. But but he doesn't want to call that imagination because then it's like the uh, then I'm I'm leading that imagination. So I wonder if in this video, do you think that Oral Roberts is saying, I know that God is with me because the Bible tells me he's with me. And I like to imagine as if he's right here with me because I'm actually trying to imagine or live out the truth of scripture that Jesus is with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's always with me. And I, because I, I'm, I'm trying to believe that I do believe that it's help. It's helpful for me to visualize it. H how do you think that uh, he's using this phrase? Because we I, don't want I don't. to be like, well, go ahead. Well, as you say, I, I, I only know from my own personal experience, but there are times when I feel God's presence and I feel him with me. Um, I told you about Monday night. I, I got to pray for a young woman who just had major anger towards men. And all of a sudden, I, I feel God's presence and, and affection for her. I walk her through some prayers of repentance, cast out a spirit of anger. And here she was uh, afterwards, just like filled with joy, thanking me. Um, and 
And in the moment I'm going, man, do you feel that? And some people don't feel those things. And so I, my perspective is he, when he's saying, I, I, I see him in my mind, but he points to his chest or he's like, I feel him here. I think what he's talking about is something he's actually feeling. And, and I don't think, um, I, this is, I think, hard for people in a general sense is they, they, they want to grab hold of the word and therefore express their belief in that word. But I don't necessarily think that's always what people are meaning. I think sometimes they just feel things and they can't explain mm. what they're feeling or how they're feeling. It's hard to put it into words. Um, I mean, some imagine. Are, go ahead. Go Sorry. ahead. No, no, go, go for it. I was just going to say a lot of people are like really anti the word feeling because oh, we're not led by feelings. We're led by God. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We're led by the scriptures, right? Um, the word feeling can just mean literally sensory, right? Like not just like emotional, like, well, what do I do? I feel that, not that. We're, we're talking about like sensorily, like actually feeling something. Jesus, again, I bring up the woman with the issue of blood. She touches him and he feels power come out of him. Like he just, he knows that God has healed someone. He doesn't know who and he goes, who touched me? And everybody's like, we don't know. What are you talking about? This is crazy. There's a lot of people here. Um, so so the idea of God speaking through feelings is certainly plausible. It happened in the Bible. Uh, so I think well, I think that's a reasonable thing. I, I'm just trying to think in what terms is he talking about healing? And, and when we pray for people, should we should we imagine that Jesus is right there with us praying for that person? Does that do anything with our faith? I, yeah, do you think that he's I don't think he's imagining anything. Yeah, okay. I, I don't even know if he's actually seeing anything. I think he's feeling something. And I think he's uh, he already believes, and so I think he's as best as he knows following the, the leading of the Lord. Um, but, I, but I would also say we got a problem in, in our culture, which is we're actually taught from a young age not to trust our feelings. Hey, man, you can't trust your feelings. Like that's that's a pretty normal thing to to, to hear and tell others. Um, and I actually don't think that's true. I think you should trust your feelings because what it causes you to do is discount that you're feeling what you're feeling, and that's actually unhealthy. You need to acknowledge what you're feeling just recognize that your interpretation of what you're feeling may or may not be true. Your perspective about what you're feeling may or may not be true, but your feelings are real and you can't do much about that. And so I, I think that automatically brings in a, a pre-existing skepticism towards anything. Anytime someone says the words, I feel this, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Hey, let me ask you something autobiographical. Do you know where uh, Oral Roberts was both born and healed of tuberculosis? I don't. I think it's in Oklahoma, but I don't remember. I know that the ORU is in Oklahoma. It's Ada, Oklahoma. Is it Ada? Born oh, okay. and healed in Ada, Oklahoma. Oh, hey. Okay. I was right about it being Ada, Oklahoma, but that's awesome because you are in Ada, Oklahoma right now where you live and reside. That's yeah. awesome. So, so that probably means I you have laid the AA on his grave. Alan Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a bad joke, guys. <laughs> that's where I was uh, going, bro. I was totally going there. <laughs> <laughs> guys, uh, and we we just we just and we're not trying to mock anybody. It just it's just funny to us. Okay, so we're just we're just joking about it. It's not true. We don't do that. We we make tons of videos like, like that's like weird necromancy level stuff. Don't don't do that. It's gross. Um, I don't okay, know if do we're gonna you, get to these to... other clips. Let's just let's keep talking about this one for a little bit. Okay, cool. Uh, because we yeah. saw three different things happen. Josh, what was your take when the when the boy uh, could suddenly start speaking normally? Um, see, some people would look at that and go, "Oh, there's no way, you know, that's that's fake." Uh, a skeptic, you may, or somebody who just refuses to acknowledge that it's God. What do you think, Josh? And what would you say to that you person? See the tear, you see the tears in the kid's eyes. I think it's pretty hard to. I mean, again, like. I never want to be the guy who's like, it's impossible for this to be a planted situation because it's possible, I suppose. But again, there's a special place in hell for people who do that kind of thing. Um, 
it looked like a pretty transformative I, I for the kid and for the the second woman who shrieks when she realizes her hands work that was pretty cool man like that was yeah uh, oh yeah when she's like she's doing this number with her hands and she kind of like you know if you've ever been there when someone like couldn't hear and then now can hear or couldn't see and can now see like it's funny people will <laughs> say things like you know uh, why are all these Pentecostal meetings? They got people running and screaming and shouting. And it's like, you don't see Jesus and the disciples running and screaming and shouting. And my Pentecostal friends go, but yeah, everyone that Jesus touched ran and screamed and shout. Cause it's like, that's yeah. the effect. Yeah. Jumped up when, and down. Well, there actually yeah, is a verse that said Jesus spun wildly. And when it says he rejoiced, <laughs> it's the same word for spun wildly. So I don't think rejoicing was this quiet little thing that Jesus did. No, no. And I, I think that that's a thing where people, if, if you've been blind or paralyzed or deaf, like my wife, my wife has had pretty like, um, what's the word? Incapacitating levels of vertigo for six months, basically ever, ever since we considered moving to Ada, uh, my wife has had vertigo like nonstop. And, uh, if God healed her tomorrow, you better believe there's going to be an emotional reaction to a freedom from a chronic pain and illness that she's been experiencing nonstop. Like, when Michael Roundtree's wife was healed of her, was it her glaucoma? Miller, I know you, you're probably familiar with that story more. There was there was definitely like yeah, seven Michael years for, of she like, got healed. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years and like finally gets healed. Like you better believe there's going to be an emotional response. So, man, I, I think that watching both of those stories, you know, children sometimes don't know how to respond or I'm curious if the, the kid even knew what he was doing. You know, like when he's like, hey, speak, speak quickly. Like the kid didn't look like it was clicking like, oh, wait, I can talk. You know, like it didn't it didn't seem like it was it was banging yet on all cylinders. Uh, but that's kind of what you expect from a kid anyway. So, uh, yeah, it well, seems and, and it seems extremely plausible and believable. It's sort of important to notice here. The woman's response was different than the kid's response. The woman screams out. The boy is just sort of in shock and doesn't know what to do. And, and my personal experience when seeing Jesus heal people is exactly all sides of the spectrum. Some people have an incredibly emotional response. They start crying out like they can't contain themselves. And some people are just in shock and don't know what to do with it. And some people are sort of emotionless and because you know they don't they they don't know what to do with it either. And so I, I don't know I don't know if we can judge much on that other than what they're telling us their symptoms were and what they are after the fact. We're actually like seeing the boy be able to talk clearly. That would be something you could visibly look at. So yeah. Well, there's the, if you guys haven't seen this already, there's some comment section like, hey, I believe they believe they were healed. Like uh, Joseph's back in there going, hey, I, I, that looked genuine to me. Um, what I would encourage people to do is if you've had, because there are people out there who are just real skeptical, whether it's of these healings or of any healing whatsoever. Um, there, some of them are Christian, some of them are non-Christian. They, they have different uh, ranging, you know, experiences. Some of them are charismatic. Some of them are cessationist. You know, we there are a lot of people who doubt that God still does this kind of thing. I mean, they, they believe it, they want it, but when they see it, it's just hard for them to believe. And I think one of the things that we've done a really poor job of generally is just like having proof of these things. My, my friend Elijah Stevens uh, made a documentary called Send Proof that I think you should go watch. He's connected with uh, an organization called GMRI. I think that's the name of the organization. Uh, Global Research Mission, I think, is the in institute or some international, something like that. And GRM, G, I can't even do the acronym again. You got it the right first time. Just back up the tape and watch it. Um, uh, they, they basically look at uh, data from people who were sick before a prayer and then they look at data after from doctors, medically verified stuff, 
uh, to, to see if this is a verifiable miracle. So like their whole job in ministry is to verify supernatural healings. And I think it's a spectacular endeavor. We've had, um, oh, uh, him and his wife both came on the show. Uh, is it, was it Candy Brown? Is that, is that right? Does that sound right to you, Miller? Oh, no. Josh, Josh and Candy Brown, I think that's right, uh, have been on the program from that organization who have verified medical documentation. It's actually quite spectacular. You should go watch that show uh, if you haven't. But yeah, check out Send Proof. Check out that organization. If you have a miracle testimony, submit that stuff so so that others who are like, man, I believe God can do this stuff. I just don't know how much he does, that they can, their, their faith can be edified and encouraged by these things as well. Miller, you still reading comments? Yeah, well, I'm also wondering, we don't have time to do another video. I would love to do a part two on this. I think it'd sure. be worthwhile. And but and also, I think, uh, so there's a comment in here that I responded to, which I thought, again, is good from Joseph. Uh, he, I want to, if you don't mind pulling up, uh, yeah. Joseph Friedman says, uh, Michael, I think the closest I can get to believing people were healed without proof is I believe they believe they were healed. And uh, I told him, Look, I totally respect that as a position. I, I get that. Uh, I hope it doesn't stay that way. Um, it's really hard to rejoice over something when you think it's just psychosomatic. And it's really hard to rejoice in other people's prayer. Well, the other thing is like, what is enough proof? And that, that should be a question in and of itself. Like, what is enough proof for somebody to go, God did a miracle? Because for some people, there's never going to be enough proof. Even a doctor telling them won't be enough proof. And so uh, I, I would look at your standards that you're holding as this is objective. And I'd go, is it? I mean, because I, I don't know of what objective proof, like what the standard for objective proof is. I know that when Jesus healed the blind guy, blind guys, the Pharisees didn't believe the guy was healed. And he right. even says to him, don't believe me unless I do the works of him who sent me, but at least believe in the works so that you may also come to believe in me. So there's a sense in which God wants people to believe. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to believe that the blind man was actually healed. Um, and, and so, again, I, I'd go, what, what was enough proof in that situation? Well, hopefully the blind man saying, I can see. Um so I, I just don't know where, where to put someone like that. I, I get it. I respect it. It's not, some people can't help that they don't believe more or believe uh, or, or, or less for that matter. But the question is, what would finally get you to believe? Um, and what is enough proof? Josh, you got to And, and to on ask that? the question, is, is the standard of evidence you're requesting so high that it wouldn't survive in the first century? I think it's an important question. Because if you're like medical documentation, then you go, well, then none of the miracles in Jesus's day or in the gospels are reliable, right? So, because they didn't have medical documentation. So asking a reasonable question, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with simultaneously saying, I believe your account, as in, I know you, because the miracles that take place in the first century aren't taking place in a vacuum, right? They know these blind people. They know these people have been in the temple. They know uh, that they were laid at the, at the gate beautiful daily or whatever. Like they, they see these kinds of things taking place and, and they know these individuals and then suddenly there's a change. And if you're in your local church and you are seeing someone regularly and they're wrestling with a thing and they come to you and you know that this person's not an intention seeker, they're not a liar and they're claiming that they are healed, their testimony alone is probably sufficient. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go above and beyond and get verification for the skeptic. Because again, we're just, you know, it, it's like it's hard to believe that G Paul didn't meet Jesus on the road to Emmaus going from being 
a hunter of Christians to becoming a preacher of righteousness, right? Like it's hard to, it's such a dramatic transformation. It's almost impossible to believe that that didn't happen. And I think that if you know the life of an individual and you see that kind of radical transformation, I, I think that's enough evidence within of itself but simultaneously, you know, for the person that's out there, I'm, I'm not trying to gaslight anybody. If you're like, hey, man, I need more evidence. Uh, I, I want to say yes and amen to that, too. I think God's reasonable in that regard. Uh, and I think those who seek find and knock and door gets answered. And, and as long as the skepticism isn't an excuse not to believe, but the skepticism is an an in, an inquisitive desire to search out and find is that maybe that's what I'm, I've been trying to answer and kind of talk around. I think when you use the word skepticism, you're like, are you doubting God can do this or will do this or does this? And when I'm using that word, I'm almost using it as a, let's use it as an inquisitive way to seek out and verify and bring God more glory and honor. So I think that there's a line there that's that's helpful. Well, anyway, I, I think uh, skepticism, uh, sorry, let me, my, my view of skepticism is not necessarily God can, will, or does. It's really, did he do it just then? I'm skeptical about what I just saw. And for that, I'd say, that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can't help that. Um, but uh, staying in that place and just sort of resigning yourself to, well, I, I don't believe it, so tough. That's not a good posture. It's it's okay. I really, I'm struggling to believe that that's real. And then going, but God, I know you can and do. Would you show me more? Would you prove to me that you really are doing these things? And hey, that that thing right there really did happen. Um, I, I think that of the father whose boy was blind and mute. The, the disciples couldn't cast a demon out of him. And he says, if you're, if you can, would you heal my son? He goes, if I can, well, all things are possible for him who believes. And he says, I believe help my unbelief. And the Lord's response to that is okay. You know, he does it. And I, I think that, that I believe help my unbelief is a better way of approaching it than just resigning yourself to skepticism. Um, but, but does that make more sense, Josh? I agree with all that. I think that's, that's a, that's a great way to end it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this program. Uh, Remnant Radio is funded from viewers like you. If you want to support the channel, there are links in the description to support. Uh, but if you're also like, hey, I want to stop just watching your videos on healing and like, uh, I want to like actually go out and pray for sick people and like do this in a way that's healthy and edifying to people in my church and home and community, I'd encourage you to take the Word and Spirit School of Ministry. We kind of walk through practices of healing and how to pray for people and not how to lump guilt on people for not getting healed and like the way that you go about praying for the sick and believing in God's sovereignty. Registration ends, man, just in a couple days. So if you are interested in jumping on this course, now is the time. Links can be found in the description. Anything I missed, Miller? Mm -mm. I mean, we will shame Josh publicly uh, for not believing and not seeing healings, but all of you are safe from that. want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek in Hebrew. And you need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.